Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Today it is episode 23. We're gloriously podcasting, and we are happy to be here on a Friday night. It is the Touchdowns All Day with John Barber podcast, the podcast that's here to let you know that you can brush your dog's teeth. You could do that right now. It's a, it's, it's a really great thing to do. Why would you want people coming to your house, meeting your dog and saying, hmm, I wonder what kind of vomit that dog just ate. Hmm, it's interesting. It's interesting. So just to let you know you can do that. It's, a, it's for you. That's for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Campus goes on sale right now. Right now, campusgo.com. Get your tickets while they are priced solid and good. They're on the lower tier right now. You can get the Wednesday through Saturday or whatever. Don't don't hold me to that. Just get whatever you want. July 9 to 11. It's the week after 4th of July. So what you do is you, you hit your 4th of July party with all your friends and la la la. And then you go through Monday and then Tuesday, take a shower, pack your car up. Wednesday, you get to Scranton, get in early for Wednesday with the VIPs, go in Thursday. Boom. The whole weekend, water park, Camp Bisco. I think this is the 98th year in a row that we've done Camp Bisco. It's amazing. And we are uh, excited to bring it to you again this year, 2020. This week, we have a very special episode. It's going to be really interesting, this conversation. This conversation is about Tractor Beam. What is Tractor Beam? What are we doing up there? Why are we doing that? How do we do that? So, one of the interesting things about Tractor Beam is there are two coaches involved. There's Adrian Santos, the content coordinator, and then there's Derek Van Scoten, the production coach and we have Derek on the podcast tonight how great is that I'm going to go deep with Derek about his process about how he gets the disco biscuits to play things to change to change what they're doing to mix together better what is his mojo to create the track to be mojo we're going to listen to a bunch of songs from New Year's New York and the subsequent Chicago run and we're going to talk about it. So same format as always, listening to the music, talking over music. But now Derek is here with us to discuss these things. And you get to see a little bit about this role that we've created in Tractor Beam, which is the role of the coach, which obviously we borrowed from sports. I'm sure musicians or bands have done this in the past. Tractor Beam has two coaches and benefits from that. Also, just want to let you know, Episode 24, which will be the next episode, is a uh, also a potentially, uh, I think it's going to be the best jams of the Fillmore Philadelphia, and I think that's leading up to the Disco Biscuit shows at the Fillmore in Philadelphia on March 12, 13, and 14. Get your tickets at Live Nation, and... We're going to play some of the great moments in that room because that is probably for its kind of room, which is kind of like 1,000 to 3,000 seat venues. I think it's closer to 3,000. 
the Fillmore is one of the best rooms we've ever played in the country in Philadelphia. It's great for Philadelphia to have such a wonderful room. And we love playing there. We've played great shows there. We played an entire hot air balloon there on 123198. Or, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. That was at Silk City. We did it at 123118. Very, very Freudian slip there. And uh, we did that one at the Fillmore. So you can see that on YouTube. If anybody wants to watch the whole hot air balloon, you can go to YouTube right now. Disco Biscuit's YouTube page. And you can watch that show. It's live. After the Best Jams of Fillmore, the next episode, which I guess is 25, will be a wonderfully celebratory episode for number 25. We got an amazing guest, John the General Schwartz, founder of SiriusXM, the guy who put jam bands on satellite radio. Was in my house for a couple days. He was going to the Grammys. One of his acts, he's a manager. One of his acts was in the Grammys, and he came here to spend the afternoon with me. He actually crashed here for a couple days, but, you know, I talked him into coming into the studio here and, and getting into it, and we really did. So that episode is going to be fantastic. So stick with the Touchdowns All Day podcast. Hashtag Touchdowns All Day. Be in the conversation. Let us know you're out there. Be a part of what we're doing here. This is wonderful. We're all having a great time. We, uh, you know, we're doing the Tractor Beam episode right now. Episode 23. Speaking of Tractor Beam, let's do the Tractor Beam tour dates, shall we? We are going to play on April 25th, 2020 at 2 a.m. in the morning, which is really the night of April 24th, right? Because it's Jazz Fest. And Jazz Fest, 2 a.m. is like 7 p.m., be honest right so normal people 7 p.m you having dinner or whatever jazz fest 2 a.m you having dinner right you're going for crawfish or something like that and then on 424 at 2 a.m 525 425 whatever it is go to tipitino's good old tipitino's where the radiators used to play love the radiators and you can see tractor beam now, and another interesting fact about Tipitino's, it's actually owned nowadays by Galactic, for those of you who are Galactic fans. I believe Tipitino's was going to go out of business. I think Galactic pulled a little cash together and bought the place. So good on Galactic for keeping New Orleans history vibrant. Great job, guys. It'll be fun to see you on the road next time I do. Next Tractor Beam show is in between. So Tractor Beam is playing the set break of a Disco Biscuit show, and that's at Mission Ballroom in Colorado on May 8th, 2020. So that's about a week after Jazz Fest. You'll see a full set of Tractor Beam in between Disco Biscuits at the Mission Ballroom on Friday. On Saturday, the Biscuits are playing again at Mission Ballroom, and Orchard Lounge will be playing that set. So really great shows coming up, folks. I hope you're as excited as we are. We're very excited. And I don't know what to say. I mean, this is popping, dude. It's Friday night, cutting a nice podcast. I want to do a shout out to the Osiris Podcast Network. We are a proud member of the Osiris Podcast Network. I got to hand it to those guys. They're doing a great job. They're getting tons of awesome music podcasts. And they're bringing them to you month after month. New podcasts, new podcasts. Really exciting to see what those guys are doing. They are really the network that's empowering musicians to 
communicate with their audience, much like our podcast. I think that we're we're doing our part to further the Osiris Podcast Network mission, which is to get musicians and audiences to be more cozy. All right, on the show today, we have a new bit. We have a new bit for you guys. Uh, I got to make a new bit song. So this week's bit is... This is Crunk Mike's latest scheme to give away more tickets than he was allowed to or we budgeted for. This is the correction. It's a correction bit. It's the Crunk Mike correction bit. Uh, Honestly, it's a full-time job to figure out all the ways that Crunk Mike is scamming us out of free tickets for the fans. So the latest Crunk Mike ticket scam is... Uh, he tells me the winner, then I cut the podcast, and then a couple days later he goes, Oh, well, I fucked up and I didn't get the original winner, and now we have to give extra tickets away. So, guess what? At Spacey Erica, you were actually the first one to win the E22 Mystery Jam. You actually guessed it correctly before anyone else. At Spacey Erica, congratulations. The answer was January 19th, 2008, Rainbow Song into Space Bird, and you get a pair of tickets. So, you know, we have a, we have a, we have a, a structural problem in the podcast. Crunk Mike has a, all these new schemes to give you all tickets, and uh, we don't know how to pay for all these tickets, frankly. So... We might need a new couple new sponsors. We might need a new sponsor or two to help pay for this constant scheming free ticket thing that's going on right in the next room here. Uh, he keeps pretending everything's a mistake, but uh, we know. We know over here what's going on. At Space Yerka, you were the real winner. Whoever told us, whoever we told that you won, you can keep your tickets too. You didn't win, but uh, you came in second, which... You know, we've all seen Talladega Nights. Send us an email to podcast at touchdowns all day to get your tickets. And if you want to sponsor the podcast and pay for Crunk Mike's prolific ticket giving away schemes, just send us an email or hashtag touchdowns all day and let us know. So this episode has been sponsored uh, by our friends over at Aspen Grove Tea, aspengrovetea.com. They wanted me to pick a favorite blend of Aspen Grove tea, and let's talk about that, right? Let's. What's the favorite blend? Well, there's Awake, which is a black tea with a little orange and vanilla vibe that is a good, like, morning... I like it in the morning. I'll drink it in the morning. I'll have, like, one, two cups of Awake. You don't want to have six, or you'll be totally, you know, on the moon. But one or two in the morning is really good if you don't want to drink coffee... It's really great. I usually have an espresso and then I have an awake. That's my morning thing. And then there's rest, which is basically a, a relaxed chamomile, peppermint, a little bit of valerian root, kind of puts you down. I like that one more because that one to me is very unique in the space. So if you're a big tea drinker like I am, You've drank all the Valerian teas out there. You've drank all the morning black teas out there. I've drank every cup of tea that exists, basically. Unless we're in, like, China or something, they're hitting me with some OG stuff. But the rest tea that they have at aspengrovetea.com, which you can buy 
using the discount code touchdowns, right? Use the discount code touchdowns and you get 12% off of that and anything else you get. The rest tea, I think, is the big winner because it's very unique for me. It's just enough Valerian to put you down, but not so much Valerian that you have those like crazy Valerian dreams. If you guys know what I'm talking about, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you just don't drink Valerian tea. So that's what it is, folks. AspenGroveTea.com, 12% off your entire order with the discount code touchdowns. We want to thank them for their continued support of the podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go onto their website and buy some rest tea. Try it out and hashtag us at touchdowns all day. And let me know, is it is it too much Valerian for you? Is it the right amount of Valerian? I, I find it to be a really great amount of Valerian. So that's my favorite is the rest tea. Thank you guys for making it. Great job. Let's hit the theme song. We have a huge, huge episode because Derek and I really get into it. This is what the podcast is for. This kind of interview. This is why we do the podcast. So you guys can find out and just hear what we're getting into. And then you can tweet at us and let us know what you think about it and be part of it. We're all making this music together. We're all here together. Let's hit it. We're mass communicating. We're mass Hello. Welcome to the Touchdowns All Day with John Barber Podcast. We have a special guest at the top of the program here. Hello, hello. There he is, folks. Derek. What's your full name? Van Scooten? What is it? My dad used to say, Scoat like boat. Scoat like boat. Derek Van Scooten. And you are a... uh, a person whose career is long and varied and interesting, and you've gone a lot of different places... Currently, you have a song on a McDonald's commercial. In Chicago, specifically. Oh, in that market. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing that they even told you that. Isn't it kind of crazy then? Well, they had to pay me, so they had to give me the stats as to where it was. Ah. Sweet. That's how it works. I mean, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. McDonald's does not associate my music with hamburgers. Yet. Yet. (laughs) I wish they would. And that's man. why I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Let's get it done. <laughs> it's part of my job description. <laughs> so people are wondering, 
because we've never had a guest at the top of the Touchdowns All Day podcast before. And I just want everyone to know that this is a very special edition of the podcast because we're going to talk about all things Tractor Beam. And Derek is one of two Tractor Beam coaches. Yup, yup. That's a real job, right? It's a real job. It's unbelievable. I've had several meetings about this, so I assume it's a real job. I even had a fancy Beverly Hills meeting about it a couple of days ago. Oh, really? With your management. With Evan. Yep. Wow. On the 21st floor, looking out over Beverly Hills and the Hollywood Hills. I know, it's crazy. I felt like I was somebody. Me too. And because because across the way is like Travis Scott, Travis Scott's manager, and Travis Scott is part of the management group. Uh, Lizzo, Lizzo is one of their people. She just won a bunch of Grammys. You can just tell by the energy in that office that it's some, there's some serious shit going on there. There's yeah, like a lot of numbers crunching that is legit number crunching. Right. You know, I ask myself whenever I try not to bombard Evan, but like. What did they say to him about the disco biscuits? You know what I mean? Like, what did he have to say to to, to make it okay? <laughs> to push it through, yeah. To walk in there and be like, "I'm man." And the one guy's like, "I'm managing Travis Scott." Another guy's like, "I'm doing Lizzo." Somebody else is like, "I'm doing." Uh, you know who else do they have? They like Megan Trainer had a bunch of big hits. She's a right. big star. They have just a ton of artists. They had the Eagles at one point. But the thing is, you guys sell hard tickets outside of streaming or related success which yes. is its own independent thing it's which, a weird phenomenon and that's the pitch right there it must have been the pitch yeah i mean you have your own festival that's like that's the, pitch the pitch couldn't have been these guys make great music come on <laughs> there's no way that was the pitch it was probably more along the lines of the one dude has a podcast and the listeners are terrific <laughs> I think that's that. That's what it is. Yeah, what it was. The podcast is filled with great listeners and wonderful people who spend their time and effort listening along to the podcast. And uh, you know, actually, they didn't say that because we, we didn't have the podcast when they agreed to manage the band, right? So I think it was he just had a spreadsheet of what your hard tickets were yeah and That's then really and now they're saying why does this guy have a podcast how do we talk him out of it and get him <laughs> back on the road until they hear this one <laughs> yeah exactly this is a line of demarcation so let's talk about this then what are we doing we're drawing a line around what tractor beam is right yeah is that what we're doing exactly all right so if you're a fan of the show you want to know why is why does Tractor Beam have coaches? Why don't we start there? Like, what is what is the so the coaches are you and Adrian, correct? Correct. That was that was your idea. It was my idea. Yeah, which is a great idea. I, I thought it was a great idea. Two different coaches, you know. So Adrian's job is to pick the music, mm-hmm. of which he does in conjunction with everybody else. So he's like the. So I could pick a song, right? And I have picked a song. I picked Solomon White Rabbit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron picked a song. He picked uh, the Magic Tapes. Uh, Mark picked Todd Tergier. Um, Alan picked a song in there. Like, everybody's picked songs, but the, there's somebody in charge of picking the songs. It's the same thing that we do for Camp Bisco. So for Camp Bisco, I can put a band on the bill. Have you put me on yet? Uh, no. I'm holding your feet to the fire on the air. On the air. That's where we are right now. 
is why they said I should give up the podcasting gig. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, are you going to play this campus go upcoming? I'm hoping. I'm, Magner submitted me. He did. And I followed up. But right. I, th- I think one of you guys got to follow up. I think Aaron actually mentioned it to me, so I think he actually took care of it. Fans, you're witnessing right now, like, some backstage wheeling and dealing. That's right. This is what it takes to get a gig at Camp Pisco. Because Barbara knows I'm going to fix a bunch of shit in his Ableton set. <laughs> like, I'll be on site to fix all his shit if he just gives me 60 minutes on Thursday. Right. All right. Ideally, actually, 60 minutes, 3 a.m. Saturday night. Like, that's the slot. That's the slot you want. That's the slot. Or Friday. Friday night, 3 a.m. Friday and Saturday. I mean, I don't see why that's not possible. I think the fans want that. I think the fans want to see a set performed by the person who is largely responsible for the success of Tractor Beam so far. Like, I feel like Tractor Beam is moving at its own pace and in a really positive direction. And it happens whether I go to sleep or wake up or not. And I feel like having yourself involved is a big part of why that is. I agree. All right, so we haven't told the fans anything. So you, as a Tractor Beam coach, Tractor Beam is something where we're trying to accomplish the impossible. We're trying to take music that is one ninety nine point ninety nine percent made on a computer, where the computer is playing the drums, the computer is playing the bass, the computer is playing all the ancillary instruments, the computer is dropping a sample of a human when there's a human. If you're like, okay, no, that's definitely a human. The computer is dropping that. So what we're doing in Tractor Beam is we're attempting to play that kind of music, but as humans. Is that accurate? And that's where I come in. Okay. So I I help you channel that. Right. So the process is Adrian, Space Cookie, Mm -hmm. who's a DJ. Right. Kind of burner scene. That's his taste. West Coast's. How he brought his parents to Burning Man. Amazing. Yeah. He's an amazing that's dude. That's the kind of guy he is. He's a great hang. Yeah. Spiritual dude, very easy to be around, lighthearted, world traveler, international man of mystery. Yeah. Definitely flies flies an airplane, knows how to pilot an airplane. Oh right. Yeah. That's part of the whole thing too. It's part of his whole mystique. You should actually have him be the biscuits private uh pilot on tour as part of the deal yeah yeah <laughs> we're not gonna do once that. you're to to mayor status <laughs> to dead and company status i mean i think you just you just get a really dope bus and you just drive that's true you know okay so the process yeah adrian pitches the songs because he's the mm-hmm. selecta the dj he's the dj so when he pitches them in what we call bits right that's right which are 10 to 15 minute musical segments yes cool yes. but they're they're from a dj aesthetic it's like in the middle of a dj mix 10 to 15 minutes so it might be three big chunks it might be nine smaller chunks right and we're actually going for that yes that's the aesthetic yeah we're not, not trying thinking- to play a song for the fans that we take from that world what we're doing is we're taking uh and a lot of times adrian creates it an actual set of dj transitions that we learn as a band right does right. that make even sense to anyone it doesn't matter if it does. <clears throat> what would a traditional live music fan would call that is a medley 
No, it's, no. But no, it's still a medley relevant is term. Like a time, it's like saying every DJ is doing a medley of trance. But music. they are. But they are. And no, I, if you played like, Irish music, they would call it a set. And like uh, an Irish set would be ten minutes, and it would be three jigs and four reels <laughs> and an air in the middle of it. It's the same thing. It's just it's a bunch of pieces. Yeah, I right? guess so. But I mean, the word jig and medley did not appear on any of the scripts for the Tractor Beam podcast. No, they You're didn't because it's different off. musical culture, but it means the same thing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, sure. <laughs> Except for it means everything else. I mean, it's the same point, though. Yeah, kind of. You have a, a DJ is basically making an on-the-fly medley of popular songs or songs that they think are good. Exactly. Yeah. Which and our is parents would understand. the whole art form. If I was explaining And this, then people go onto the dance floor and they do a little jig to right. it. So, see, if I, yes. was, if I were to go out into a crowd at the Tractor Beam show mm-hmm. and I... If I, w- I would explain it to your younger fans in more of a DJ sense. Right. It's a mix. They would get that. But then if my parents were there, my parents' friends were there, I would right. call it a medley, and then I would get them on board. They would be on board because they would understand that grammar. Food for thought. Well, for everyone's parents who are listening to the podcast... <laughs> We literally have just boiled it down for you. But that's part of being a Tractor universal Beam musician. Coaching 101 here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a medley that you can perform it's, a jig it's to. It's a medley. The first one's an A. The second <laughs> one's in C minor. And you got to get from here to there. Exactly. So it's a mix, though. So you're doing mixes. So let, let me, um, I have a bunch of music to listen to, but I just want to move it out of the way real quick because I feel like we're going to talk about what... Let's just get into it real quick. What is your take? Because you've been a Tractor Beam coach for a few months now. Mm-hmm. I think we're month three now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something three. And so you talk to every member of the band individually about what they're doing during Tractor Beam, right? 100%. So is that the core of the gig? That is probably the most important part. Right. Because if the individual parts aren't functioning, then the whole can't function. Right. Right. We could get away with me talking to you guys individually, trusting that you'll piece it together more than me only showing up to a band rehearsal and not talking to any of you individually. Okay. I agree with that. I feel like the work that you and I have done on my setup alone has been, it's kind of transformative to the vibe itself. And then when we do do Tractor Beam together... I'm ready to do it because my guitar synth works really well. I have patches. I'm ready to do what I got to do. Right. It's like when marching bands have sectionals. Again, here I am <laughs> referencing other genres of music, but music is universal. And other lame <laughs> genres. Like it'd be cool if you were if you were referencing dope genres of music. So, but I don't think like Major Lazer has sectionals. Yeah, of course not. Like do you think the Diplo shows up backstage? Just... I think they have couch sectionals in the backstage room. <laughs> But I don't, I don't know what the relevant thing would, but it's the little parts have to be strong in order to make the whole strong. Right. It, you can't do it the other way around. Right. You know? Yes, you can't top down. And I think all music is that way. 100%. So you do, you work on the little moments that are the trouble spots and you work your way towards 
a uh, the ability for everyone to play it well enough that you can just kind of do the whole song. But you don't start with let's do the whole song. No way. Because it pisses people off. So when yep. you start with let's do the whole song, the first couple of mistakes that you make will piss off members of the band. And then you won't even get through halfway through the thing before people are like, why are we doing this? We're screwing it up. So you kind of have to start with little pieces. 100%. So do you find that every member of the band, when you talk to them individually, has the same type of little pieces to work on? Or is it everybody's working on different stuff? Um, they all have little pieces to work on. And yet, sometimes we're all working on different stuff. Yeah, I feel like it would be different stuff. Like, for me, it's a lot of sound sculpting. Like, how do I yes. get a guitar to create these synthesizer sounds? What is it for Alan? What are the little pieces for Alan? Alan, I think, so far, has had the easiest job. I think that is about to change. Mm-hmm. But so far, he's had the easiest job because the bits that we've chosen, there's not hyper drum production yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so he can kind of do his live house thing and it sounds great. Mm-hmm. Whereas the rest of you, it's very much more black and white as to if you're nailing this or not. You right. know, if you're supposed to be on a lead tone, Solomon, if you're supposed to be playing a flute thing and you're still on the ARP, right? It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Right. Whereas he can still be and it'll work. He can just kind of snowplow through the whole thing right you know and it'll be de- it'll be passable yeah like when alan hits the nuances of his parts you can feel it and it feels great right. but if he plays right through it it's still a pretty good house song you right. got going on it's good yeah it's good whereas if magger's magner is supposed to be on some kind of say a ghetto whistle or some kind of right you know lead thing and he's stuck on an organ <laughs> and why he's playing the organ, I have no idea. But he got fired he's up. Loving you know? it. He's he loving was, it. He thing. was into it. <laughs> then it's, I mean, the crowd won't notice, but right. we all know what it's supposed to be like. It's it's like when the coach says, homie was supposed to do a button hook, and they and they went all the way out. Right. And so we couldn't pass to him because he didn't. He didn't so you didn't throw the ball over there, so you didn't notice that, that 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 particular guy, you threw the ball somewhere else, and then that guy either caught it or didn't catch That's where the cameras went. Exactly. So you're not even looking at the guy who could have caught the ball. Right. So Doesn't we only matter. got five yards, but we could have gotten 13 if right. he actually did the button hook. Right. But he went all the way out, and he was covered by two cats. And yeah, and football analogies are dope on touchdowns all day. 100%. Our fans are all about it. Sometimes, as a band member, you just have to do the QB sneak. You just have to... <laughs> You know, you just have to run the ball. So let's let's move. So we got Alan. Alan's got a good job. It's about to get more complicated because he's about to move to polyrhythms and all that other kind of sampled stuff. So do you think so the goal for Alan now is is to get him onto different sounding drums or to get him onto different drum patterns? Both. It just depends on the piece. Okay, And that's just organization of what what is most pressing at that point. Okay, so how about Mark? What is what is working with Mark like? Well, Brownie's the mayor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the politician of the scene, and so in some ways we have to keep it simple, right? You know, like he's what the 
the reggae bass player. I can't remember who he mentioned. That's his favorite bass player. Which reggae bass player? I can't remember who it was. Um, but he mentioned it several times over the New Year's run. Okay. Yep, that was his favorite bass player. You know, in some ways, Brownie works the best when you don't give him too many technology-based assignments. It's right. got to be purely musical-based. You let him play. That's where his forte is, you know? So I, I'd say for him, like, we haven't really got into a lot of tones yet because one of the big things is just, like, let him play, let him play good bass parts. And as he gets more confident, then we mm-hmm. expand his rig. Right, because he's looking for the feel in the pocket. Yes, that's more important to him. That's for him, number one. So he's him. the mayor. He's the man of all people. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. That's a great You take player. him out of the equation and the band is significantly different. <laughs> you know, it's a, a yeah. vital piece of the puzzle. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And we, we would all miss it so much if it was not there. 100%. 100%. And so you think he's going to do his thing musically, and then as that comfortability grows, there's going to be a, some tonal changes in the future. Yes. And you do it in steps. Like, I'm not going to build him 20 patches right away. Right. I'll build him three. Okay. that's. And so he has his moments, and then he can get more comfortable, and then he'll go, BBS, I'm ready for more shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good brownie. Right. I'm ready. I'm ready for boss. All right, let, let's FaceTime. Show me show me what you got. <laughs> Is he a FaceTime person? He's just totally a FaceTime person. Wow, that's because he's Cause, got kids, right? Well, cause half the, also because half the time, like, when we talk, mm-hmm. he's trying to record something and he has it wrong, so he just has to, like, FaceTime so I can look at his computer and be like, oh, you got to change that. Right. Which is right. the most one of the most endearing parts about him. Because mm-hmm. he's the mayor, he's the politician. Mm-hmm. He'll get the he'll get the deals done. Mm-hmm. But as far as the tech goes, he needs somebody like me to just go. Oh, you got to do that, right? You know. But I can't have the conversation he has. Maybe I don't know if you can, but like, I talked to Pete Shapiro today. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we talked about. We'll play in Brooklyn Bowl with we're you. Playing, and we're gonna do Eric a Baker's Krasner. Dozen at yeah. Brooklyn Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Aaron. Tractor beam for Aaron, you would think would be the most close to home, comfortable, been there, done that type of thing. What do you experience over there? Uh, Magner is amazingly articulate when he's on. And you and I talked about this earlier, Mm -hmm. that when he's ready to talk, he'll talk 40 minutes in a row and, and I have to take notes. Because every that. sentence is gold. And I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he'll have feedback on what everybody did and feedback for himself and feedback for me. And like, there's no clunkers in 40 mm-hmm. minutes. It's all gold. Mm-hmm. And then he won't want to talk for two weeks. Right. So as his coach, that's, that's my challenge to harness all that information. And then now know, does he, is once he tells you that information, is that in a permanent place or is that just kind of a moment of inspiration? For for him in his mind? Mm-hmm. Um, or for like, does he carry those thoughts forward into the future? Or do you have to put them back in front of him? No, I think so, he's, no, he's, he's good about, like he's digested his thoughts before he speaks them. 
Okay. So he's good about that. Um, and I will give him credit that he's also good about it always ends with a question mark. Mm. You know, so that it's it's an open dialogue. So he's trying to get some information from you, but he just wants you to understand all the different varied concepts that he's put together to get to this question point. Right. Which so, makes me think that maybe he'll be a politician in the future because he does these monologues that are like so long and so articulate. And I was like, how did you remember how to say <laughs> all of those things to me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's incredible. Incredible. So what do you think? Of, what are you going for with Aaron as, as as far as to make Tractor Beam a better band? Organization. He The chops are there. The right. knowledge is there. Right. It's just helping him streamline his organization. You and Aaron have the hardest roles. Mark and Alan can set it and forget it. Alan can just play house beats all night long. And for Mm -hmm. now, that's good enough. Right. Mark can just play a clean bass tone and just hit the general bass line. Even if it's not the exact tone that you're going for. Right. It's still in that area. So it's good enough. It's danceable. It's danceable. That's what people want. Exactly. But you two... There is so much potential overlap or disconnect Mm -hmm. or any variation in between that you two have the hardest job in the band thus far. Right. You know, because there's so much information on the top end in Tech House and Disco. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do you take? Which role do you take? There's often more than two or three lines. 100%. So we're always leaving something out, I feel like. Always leave something out because you don't want to do any playback tracks, nor do you necessarily want to do looping and be sucked into that. I believe that the computer looping stuff and playing stuff back, does the computer doesn't listen. It doesn't. So I don't really care what it has to play if it can't listen. If they made a computer that could listen, then I would be more interested in hearing what it would have to play. Like if you were to walk on stage and join Tractor Beam and wear earmuffs and just look at a timer and then play something along with the timer, I would not want you to do that. Right. That's what a computer's doing. Right. It's just... his ear might it's not listening to you at all. It's not listening to you at all. Doesn't care about anything. But that's what and automation is. There it is. It's automation. Yes. Is what it is. It's it's a robot that's taking commands from you. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like when we are so in tune to each other on stage where we're literally sitting in the cube playing with each other, where like if somebody hits something too hard or too soft, I'm reacting to that. Right. In a, right. the whole night. And then right. I just feel like the computer, whenever we've jammed with the loop, it feels like this person who doesn't care about the nuances that are being played. I feel like the computer is not very good at jamming, personally. I just think computers are bad at it. And I think loopers are extremely right. bad at jamming. The worst I don't member like of the band. jamming with them. Worst member of the band. Yeah, I like jamming with a metronome. Right. Yeah, I, computers are great. For not rushing or dragging. Yeah. Horrible for everything else. Horrible for hearing the difference between what you played tonight and what you're going to play tomorrow and making a decision that makes sense with that. Right. Terrible at that. Terrible. I mean, maybe, there, I'm sure there'll be AI in the future that fixes that. But yeah, not, not today. You know, we have some AI on stage. My guitar synth is AI. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Sure. 
So let's let's go back to thirty thousand feet. What about the guitar? You know, same question for everybody else, but let's talk about for the guitar. What do you want to see happen with the guitar? With the guitar, or just I mean, with my role in Tractor Beam? I think we're really close. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got all the ideas there. The chops are obviously there. You're a great player, so it's it's kind of the same as what the challenges with Magna. It's organization mm-hmm. because you guys are there's seven parts that two people are trying to play at any time. Or let's say there are three to seven parts that two guys are trying to play at yes. any time. So how like then it becomes a series of compromises. You know? And those parts are all like being produced Okay, let me ask you a different question. When Tractor Beam does a song, we're doing we're not covering another band. We're covering uh, not a band of computers. We're covering a literal, fully mixed studio production. Right. So do you feel that there's a difficulty in that in itself? Like the fact that we're, I'm on stage playing a patch. I might be on the wrong patch. Or no, no, let me say. I might be on the right patch. I might be on exactly the correct patch playing exactly the correct notes. But... When they mix the actual track that we're playing it from, there's some kind of fade studio magic type of volume swells or something that creates something that's very hard to create on stage again. Yes. Because there's automation. Yeah, there's automation events going on. Plus, these songs are not being made with any connection towards them being played on a stage. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a cat showing up with a USB drive that he plugs into CDJs. Yeah, and he's playing the version. He's not and there's just, like in a D, let, let's break it down like this way. In a 60-minute DJ set, mm-hmm. which is a short DJ set. For sure. There are thousands of pieces of automation. Yes. Easily thousands. In the set itself and individually in every song. Yes. Yeah, I'm saying if you include if you did the math all together. Right. Say a DJ, say a DJ only plays because they're a house cat and they play slightly longer songs. Mm-hmm. In a 60 minute set, they're still going to probably play 20 pieces of music. Yeah. I think uh, um, Armin Van Buren says 18 songs an hour is minimum. Right. And that's, that's short. Yeah. Compared to somebody who mixes fast, like Diplo. Right. Who, who might probably play plays 40 in an hour. Or 75. Right. With teases and the crossfader and all that stuff, you know? Totally. He'll do a four-measure tease of something and then go back into what he was into. Right. Yeah. And and are we trying to get to that type of covering with Tractor Beam? Or are we good in the long-form house world that we're in? I think for now, you're better in the long-form house. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the the fast mixes, that's like a, a... third degree black belt yeah kind of thing to pull off as a live band that would take years and some probably meditation retreats in hawaii and chilling. maybe some ayahuasca i think we should do the meditation retreat just to see how like we should i wonder if the podcast fans touchdowns all day fans could Send us messages, hashtag touchdowns all day, and tell us whether or not they'd want to go to the Tractor Beam Hawaii retreat. retreat. 
be amazing. Where we all do ayahuasca and try and make Tractor Beam the best band we possibly could. Tony, it was the best thing I ever did. I got out of Philly for a couple <laughs> weeks. I, DVS took my phone away. <laughs> do you think, would you do that to Mark? Would oh, you, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like going to a Dave Chappelle concert. All right, give me your phone. Right. Brownie. I think it would be great. I've been I've been thinking of putting my phone in like a bucket when I wake up in the morning and closing it. That's amazing. I mean, it's it's hard if you have the politician mindset because you want to be connected to as mm-hmm. many people seven days a week. But that is a law of diminishing returns on the creative, inspirational realm. Yeah, because it's a job communicating with all those people. It is. And, and the problem is... is and I notice this with people that are agents and managers because they don't think like this because they don't have to write songs mm-hmm. is how fragmented their days are. They'll have 30 conversations before 10 a.m. Yeah. And answer 60 emails. And as an artist, and you know, and their phone, uh, like they'll have seven different ways that they're receiving communication for 15 hours a day. And there's no way you can actually get true art done with those kind of interruptions. I agree with that entirely. No way. Like, cause you won't get into a flow state. You'll be constantly interrupted. If you're trying to make art and you don't get into a flow state, you're going to hate all the art that you made. Yes. And you'll be, cause it's all you just trudging through stuff and you'll be agitated the whole time. Yeah. You'll just be, it'll be like, you'll be people poking you all day long. And the problem is when you have to make music for a job and you don't have a way to get into a flow state, but you have to make music. You have to go with stuff that's non-flowy. Right. Which I refuse to do at this point. Everything I put out is flow state stuff. I mean, Freebus Slinky's flow state song makes no fucking sense at all. But <laughs> I think it was flow state when it happened. Well, that's that's what matters. Yeah, that's, that's why we play it. Right. Yeah, flow state's key. But I, th- I think some kind of retreat would be great for the band. And is this a disco biscuit retreat or just a tractor beam retreat? Are we going to do a tractor beam? I think there's value in just doing a tractor beam retreat. People don't go there expecting to hear disco biscuity stuff. Right. I mean, ultimately, I think as your coach, I think Mm -hmm. the band needs one on their own. Because the disco biscuits do, yeah, without fans. Because oh, well, a fanless retreat, a fanless retreat initially. Because you have to. Do you think the fans would buy tickets to a retreat that they're not allowed to go to? <laughs> You're trying to figure out how that to monetize would be, it. That would be. Isn't that called a Kickstarter? <laughs> okay, yeah, right, right, right. I like that. But realistically, from a spiritual point of view, yeah, you would need to do it as a band to develop the true foundation of it. That that is that has the message. The foundation of what? The foundation of what? Like a retreat would be. Oh, so like a, a sourcing mission. A sourcing mission that mm-hmm. is, you know, no, no internet, no calls, no texts, no emails. Mm-hmm. Hear music for seventy-two hours, ninety-six hours to get into a flow state. So that even when you have time off, if you've been jamming for five hours. Don't go to technology. Stay, mm-hmm. stay in that flow state and eat and exercise, so that your brain still has. You can. You're not occupied by answering those phone calls or whatever. It's funny. I went to a a retreat in upstate New York, mm-hmm. and 
It was a no cell phone. I feel allowed. like everybody has a retreat in upstate New York story. There's a good place. There's a good place up there. You're not allowed to use your phone except in your room. Where is this? Uh, it's it's outside of Albany. I forget okay. what it's called offhand, or I would say. It begins with a K. I forget what it was. Um, so you go up there and you have, uh, you don't, your phone, do, you put your phone in the room. You're not allowed to even have it with you outside of the room. And your room is the worst place to be when you're there. Right. So you can go to your room and do all the text messages and sit there and you can run a whole business out of that room. They're not going to care. Right. But once you leave the room, you can't have your phone on you at all. Amazing. And I actually remember that weekend a lot. I think about that weekend all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if I missed a phone call that right. weekend. Right. Like, did I miss a phone call that weekend? Probably. Do I remember anything about it? No. But do I remember the the different type of uh, meditations that we did and the, the vibe of walking around and being on the grounds with no shoes on and all the monks and all that stuff? I remember all that remember. stuff. That's what you remember. Yeah. People put way too much importance on a phone call that you could miss. Yep. And or or any kind of ping. Yes. You know, Facebook message. Do you Twitter, have Facebook you Messenger? Know. I do. You do. Do you set it to ping you when something happens? I don't get any notifications Not. on my phone. I have to go there. To, actually, I get Twitter notifications. That's the only one I get. Why Twitter? Because Twitter is Von hell. What? <laughs> I, I honestly don't. Facebook is shitty heaven. Twitter is fun hell. <laughs> I don't. Why is why is one heaven and the other hell? What is Facebook the difference? Is sh- Facebook is shitty heaven because it's all the people that you know that you kind of mm-hmm. don't like. Right. Twitter is fun hell because it's all the people that you don't know that you like. Right. You know what I mean? It's like I stars mean, and, and and it's like hyper partisan politics and mm-hmm. it's porn and it's music and it's like I mean the other fucking day everything the other day I bought Girl Scout cookies uh, a guy who was retweeted by somebody that I follow that I don't know uh-huh. retweeted another person who I've never even heard of <laughs> who posted a, a video of his niece doing her speech for Girl Scout cookies and I went on to his her Girl Scout page and bought the cookies she lives in Chicago or something, but Girl Scouts have this thing where, like, it's just they're corporate. Right. You're just buying it from corporate Girl Scouts, but she gets the referral. Right. And so I literally... It's like an Asian percentage. Yeah. Like, who are these people <laughs> that I'm buying cookies from? I have no idea. But the video was charming. Was this from and Twitter? I love Samoas. Is that what this thread is? Yeah. So Twitter? On Twitter. <laughs> that never happens to me on any other network. Right. Twitter's been good to me. Like, I did a video two summers ago playing mm-hmm. guitar on top of a disclosure tune three days after they had released it as a single okay and and my daughter was in the video so it was super cute and they retweeted it and it got like sixty thousand views in two days oh wow and i don't know that that would have happened necessarily on any other social media platform than twitter i what other one would it happen on it's not gonna happen on instagram it's not gonna happen on instagram maybe on instagram but like it would have there would have been very little reference to me. Do things go viral on Instagram? I feel like the thing about Instagram is nothing goes viral anymore. It can't because there's no sharing of stats. Yeah, there's no like a way to like push something out. It gets everything gets Russian dolled into its own into thing. something else, and next yeah. thing you know, you're too, no, you never see occasionally more than two Russian dolls. Right. I've had a couple that have jammed pretty hard, but 
like when it just gets some kind of super hot algorithm that breaks the system. They've yeah. all they've all been with my daughter dancing because really? it, it kind of broke the system. It was like, hey, it's like Ableton and a guitarist and a cute little girl. I mean, that's a that's how it's a good formula. That's right? a that's a serious strategy to get huge right there. <laughs> right. I don't like, dislike that at all. Guitar or like actually like slick neo soul guitar mm-hmm. ableton and the push so you got something that lights up that makes beats mm-hmm. and then a cute little girl who's dancing in a, in a ballet outfit i i saw that video <laughs> see how many did you make of that video i, well, I've done I totally know what you're talking about <laughs> right yeah yeah well, i saw I, that what, I, we've made like 50 so i saw that i don't even think i follow them. you on anything i saw that <laughs> right exactly <laughs> which happens all the time so wait if the fans want to follow you what's your twitter handle at Cloudcord. At Cloudcord. C L O U D C H O R D. Awesome. So if you want to follow Tractor Beam Coach Derek at Cloudcord on social networks, yep. I do follow you on Instagram. You follow me on Insta. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, most of the guys follow me. I think I have this gig because Mark follows me. Because he's the mayor and he keeps his pulse on the people. Yeah, he knows the you people. Know? He did. He's the one who. He's, he's the one that suggests, I have the perfect I, guy for you. Yeah, that's exactly how it went. He knows how to windmill and he knows how to program shit. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about windmill like the breakdancing move. <laughs> I was thinking guitar. Uh, uh, but both. Right? Like a breakdance windmill would be amazing. He knows who John Mayer and Diplo are. <laughs> it's the perfect mix for it's the band. It's the perfect band. mix for the band. It's true. All right. So we have a bunch of songs to listen to. Let's do it. Let's listen to some music because it sparks the convo. Yes. Um, I'm going to move the theme song out of the way here because clearly I'm going to have to start the show beforehand. We're going to have to restart the show because we talked way longer than the allotted amount of time. Yeah, it was like we were like five minutes deep. We where were five minutes deep? We're five minutes deep. All right, let's listen to this. This is 1227 at the PlayStation Theater. And here we go. So have you heard the podcast before? A little bit, yeah. So what we do is we just talk over the top of stuff. Okay. As we feel necessary, we listen and talk, we listen, talk, whatever you want to do. So what we'll do, since I'm your coach, is yes. we'll, we'll side chain the beats to our our, uh, our talks. So okay. it'll, it'll sound even better. Yeah. So if you notice <laughs> a difference between this and the other podcast, it's because coach was running. Right. We've got some tech here. Chain. Sounds amazing. That's great. The thing that I love. I mean, about is this, this a band right now? When you listen to this, do you? Do you I know. If it's I a, played I know this and was like, "How do you know it's a band?" Because I'm your coach. Uh, but would my mom know it's a band? I don't think she would. Unless that coaching stuff runs in the blood. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it doesn't go upstream. It only goes downstream. Yes. Do you know that you, the cells of 
the the you're you're a zygote that's grown out of control, right? The zygote is the sperm and the egg together. Okay. Do you know the egg that made you was in your grandmother's body? Yes, I didn't know that. Is that crazy? Crazy, huh? Yeah. That, that was once you were once part of your grandmother. This is great. I love it. I think I remember. So this is twelve twenty-seven, right? Yes. I walked back in the room while this was happening. Because you were I, here for this. Yeah, but I wasn't here for the beginning of this because I was across the street setting up for the tractor beam show. Right. And then I came back in because we needed something, and you all were playing with us. It was it was great. What I love about this is that people outside of the circle can't tell who is you and who's Magner. There's no obvious guitar tone. Yeah. It's all sets. I can tell. Well, you can because you're, in, you're inside of it all. Do you think the fans can tell? Not without the visual. Like, who's playing the siren right now? They don't know. Unless they were there. I think it's me playing the Am I wrong? I think you're probably on arm. But there's two arps going out right now. And I was playing the arps before. So did, I think Magner sequenced one of the arps and now he's playing the lead. Yeah. right build it up slow riser I think this is a situation where we're probably supposed to rise more than we are or this is a really long one we got there it got there. I, maybe it was a break, not a ride, not a build. Right, right. Because it had that kind of like plateau kind of vibe. Yeah, the kind of like the, the the quick riser in the sky. Right. Who's that on top? 
I think that's Aaron right there. Yeah. And the only reason I know that is because he was practicing it in soundcheck like six days in a row. Right. Otherwise, I would have no idea. I mean, I think you can always tell which one's the guitar because the guitar is always a little sloppy. <laughs> Is this pre-sidechain? No, it's sidechain. This is sidechained. Are you going to hear it in the paths? Just tell the fans what sidechaining is. Nah, they'll never... They don't even want to know. It's when you've gone from blow to suck. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. explosion yeah I mean it, it's it felt like the mix settled in there 
And once the mix settled in, it really became a song. And those things either happened at the same time there, or it just was luck, one or the other, I guess. So you're on the ARP here and Magnus on the, the pads and the lead. Yeah, I'm playing the RP bell thing. It's got a little skip in it now. And I'm playing that skip. That right there. Yeah. So if you were just playing an arpeggiator, it would be much straighter. But because I'm actually re-triggering the uh, arpeggiator as we go, I can put little nuances in it here and there. All right, so that's 1227. So you guys could check that out on YouTube, the full show. That's Tractor Beam, middle of the second set. Let's listen to a couple days later, January 3rd. This is literally a week later. Let's see. How we feel about it development-wise. Has it improved? Where has it changed? This one's got more fire. For sure. Part of it's the piece in and of itself, but... Yeah, this is some nasty shit right here. Thank you. 
kind of think that I think that climax uh, that peaked. Yeah. We did. There's a that got there. And it got there because it was kind of like, hey, let's play the song, but let's leave on all the crazy artifact delays and play okay. the thing backwards once every while, but not like. It sounds like underproduced techno to me. You know what I mean? Right. It's which like, is which is live band techno. Live band techno. <laughs> feels much larger to me literally seven days later right it totally sounds like a different band than the last song that we listened like what we listened to literally 10 minutes ago right and it's been seven days right some of that is the piece some of that is the settings but most mm-hmm. of it is the band yes like this piece matches the band more complimentary than the last one does a little bit because we yes. seem right in the pocket the whole time on this one yes that's what we call a, a type one bit you know is that a good definition for type one bit Thank you. 
sorry. So we were saying about type one jamming. Type one jams. Sorry. What the reason I took that call is because it didn't. I think that's my friend Kevin. It didn't show up on the phone as Kevin. It showed up in full capital letters, like emergency call. Huh. And I was like, man, it could be an emergency. Otherwise, like, who takes a phone call during a podcast? Like, what a lame, <laughs> what a lame thing to do, dude. Seriously. Ugh, how, how terrible. Sorry to all you podcasters. Let's talk about type one. This is the thing. How are you going to define it? Accuracy. It's a it's a series of categories. It's like gymnastics. Okay. Like what gets the gold medal? You yeah. Know, what's a gold medal jam? What's a silver medal jam? What's a bronze medal jam? Same okay. same kind of idea. And so if you think All about right. it in like a maybe a gymnastics thing, it's it's not like say like a you know a hundred meter dash where there's just a clear winner. Mm-hmm. It's a, based on a series of criteria. Criteria. Right. I think Critea is in the Mediterranean. <laughs> Critea. That's the name of one of the bits for later on this year. <laughs> Letting the cat out of the bag. Critea. It's like a tech house thing. It's in a minor key. I like it. I like it. It's got some Greek samples in there. If the name Tractor Beam doesn't track well, maybe we'll change the name of the band to Critea. We only tour in Eastern Europe. <laughs> During May, During May and June, perhaps. So, type one jam. I mean, really, it's what what gets the best overall score. But I don't ever hear the word type two jam ever. You, I just hear about this type one thing. So, well, type two jam is like, we, well, we kind of know this, mm-hmm. and it's not going to get any better if we don't just start playing it in the show. So, let's start. Oh, so type two means it has to you be really a type have no two idea be- what you're doing. You got to play it a little bit. Yeah, there's no type mm-hmm. one jams that were never, never, never a type two initially. See, so that to me is backwards. Because for me, I'm a skier. Type one skier is like a beginner. Okay. Type two is skier is fairly advanced. Right. And type three is this whole nother thing. Right. Is expert. So I guess I'm, maybe maybe a better word would be tier. Tier one. Like a tier one jam is like top shelf. Top shelf. You know, top shelf jam. It's okay. like $100 a shot. But this isn't top shelf like opinion, yo, that was groovy and cool. This is like you accurately did what you set on stage to do. Yes. In a way that is almost indistinguishable from your... your yes. What you're, Maybe we should name it a gold medal bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gold star bit. Um, it was it was a silver star night. Silver star. It's a silver star bit. Let's listen to twelve. Let's go back to twelve thirty and see what this song has in order for itself. All right, so we'll talk more about. We'll we'll listen to this one and we'll see if it's type one or type two. Okay, let's check it out. Awesome bass tone. Yep, the mayor. I love that. The mayor keeps it simple. Man of the people. <laughs> That's a slogan right there. <laughs> totally. So 
So like this type of jam right here, I just want to remind people who are listening, who are like, what notes is, why are they playing all these notes that are like, kind of don't go together that great? Yeah, yeah. You got to remember, we've been on stage for 42 of the last 122 hours, Uh making noises. So this kind of stuff, it's just a different noise at this point, you know? And I feel like people who listen to a lot of the band maybe get that kind of thing. But it's just, I have to say it for my own remembering. Is that Magner or is that me playing that high riff that whole time through? I think it was you. I can't tell. <laughs> I don't know. At first, I thought it was Magner for sure. Actually, I think it is Magner because I think you're on the ARP. <laughs> yeah, you're on the ARP. That's like your Wawa pedal. Yeah, I'm playing you, the ARP there. You just default to it. That thing. Also, it was Magner, because you're on the high part. Because Magner just changed this different art. That's definitely him. That's definitely him. So I don't have that sound, for sure. You're up top. Yeah. Wow. If you're listening on headphones, the cool thing about Magner's patch right now, the ARP, yeah. is it's panning. Right. It's going back and forth. And we're capturing that on this version, which is amazing, right? It's so cool. How and are we capturing? Who, who recorded this? Then? So he must, be, wow. he must be sending a stereo, and it's, and it's just obvious in the mix that it's going back and forth. Yeah. It's real clear. It's interesting, because I think I go mono. Maybe I should go, maybe I should go stereo. Band techno is here to stay. I mean, listen to this. It's awesome, and yet it's still obviously live band techno, don't you think? Yeah. Sounds great right here. You can really hear Magnus panning right now.
That was hot. I loved that bit right there. Right. You can tell we've done that a few times. Everyone was very confident they would switch sounds and come in confidently with their new sound. Yes. Because they know where it's going and what's going to happen. That's very close to a gold medal bit. I would release that. I would go. And I would take that multi-track. I would. I would whip that into something good. I'd maybe edit a spot or two, like add a vocal or something, and then yeah. just put it out. Because I don't know. Are, are you really going to play it any better than that? And when you walk into the studio, are you really going to like right. put you don't so the, much more fucking pizzazz in it? Because you don't have the energy that you were able to capture from the rest of the show. Yeah, and being in a different town uh-huh. and it being part of a multi-night run. Having played yeah. it three or four times in the past, probably 14 days in front yeah. of people, like where you have to know your shit. Yeah. Like that, that was a, this is a 1230 version. We probably played it three times this month already. Totally. So the, it's a lot. Like, how many Tractor Beam songs do we need? You know what I mean? Do we want to go for a lot or do we want to be able to play them multiple times like that? So we can get that version, because I'm I'm happy. I'd like to hear the rest of the versions of that song, just right. because I'm so jazzed by that one. Right. Well, that was what we were talking about earlier. What? You, so you and I, for those of you at home, they don't know about this, but so Barbara and I went on a bike ride earlier, and most of the time we talked about tractor beam. Yeah. Right. We're biking side by side. And we're talking about tractor beam processing, our creativity. We talked about the benefits of going wide versus deep or deep versus wide yes so going wide we have opposite we have opposite natural inclinations on this top right on the yeah on this particular topic yeah on this particular topic because you're seeing it more from a jam band point of view right because you're feeding it to society via the disco biscuits exactly And, and i'm coaching it via a producer's dj lens which is, you know, it's better to have three amazing minutes than 15 silver medal minutes. I disagree. Exactly. <laughs> I think you're much better with 15 or 20 minutes of silver medal that you can get hot on. Yeah, but I see what you say. It makes but in sense. In a jam band context, you're right. Yes. In every other context, I'm right. Right. <laughs> There's only like two other contacts, so it's fine. <laughs> All right, let's see where this where this flight of Magner's fancies go.
I love the hi-hat. That was some of the dopest electric hat I've ever heard Alan play right there. And listen to that shit. It, it is a... It is a sound that uh, it's coming together, I feel like. 100%. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of guitar in it still, but then there's the pullout and you go into these heavy arpeggiation sections. And when Alan goes to that weird, it sounds like an electric hat that was recorded in the middle of like a concrete, like a concrete <laughs> mall in right, like right. Northern Africa or something. Like, what? Right, right. Like, it's got this tone to it. Right. And then and when he's on that in the jam, to me, I just, I don't, I start to picture just whatever it sounds like. Right. And no longer I'm picturing the band or anything. All right, so, coup de gras right here. We have time for one more. Yeah, we got one more. I guess so, right? I don't know. We're already there. I'm just kind of like happy, like... It's a good goodbye track, you know what I mean, for the listeners. This is called the Magic Tape. Yes. This is one of the best bits. Is it? I think so, yeah. We're closest to Gold Star on this one. Because this is the closest to the Disco Biscuits as well. I agree. As far as energy parts. So it's it's the most natural for you guys as a band. You're not impersonating your own musical beings. Yeah, I'm playing vocal lines the whole time, too, which is what's weird about it. I feel like this is a weird one for me because I never know if I'm playing the right thing. Let's see what happens. here this is this is very much biscuits it's great this pocket it's great yeah it feels so natural for you guys as a band right here honestly it feels i'm surprised we play this as well as we do honestly really yeah it just it seems like one of those songs where like we're playing it exactly 
pretty much. You know, yeah. everybody in the band is kind of, except for me, but everybody else is playing exactly. <laughs> I'm doing it super sloppy, but there's, I just started playing the guitar line, like, everything I'm playing is a vocal line, and like, doesn't make any sense to me. So this would be a great song for, at dinner, for those of you at home listening. Yeah. Barbara and I discussed the concept of, uh, so in both Solomon, the, the White Rabbit, right. and here, you're playing the vocal line. Here, I would love it. And my idea I love was it here. to... White Rabbit, I think, is cool. This, I... Bring it on for sure. To do to you to where you vocode the the so we do vocoder guitar, right? And just explain to the podcast people, and not to me because I totally understand it one hundred thousand percent. But to people in the audience who might not understand it, uh-huh. explain to them how you put a vocoder on a guitar. What a vocoder is. So like so classic examples. Of vocoding would be like Daft Punk around the world. Around the, the world, around the world. So it's a synth sound, but it mm-hmm. has a vocal part. Right. It's, it's a lot like the talk box. So, like, mm-hmm. do you feel like I do? A Peter Frampton was an earlier version of this concept. And so when he's like, feels all right, feels all right, and it was like the sounded like a robot, that's actually the vocoder. Yeah, that makes it sound like a robot. Yeah, so the idea is so on this song you have vocals, the, the that gospel yeah. hook that's fly away, right? And which so, I'm playing on guitar. Which you play, so it tracks the pitch of your guitar. So you're mm-hmm. performing the harmonic aspect of it, the notes that we hear as a melody, but it yeah, will have a vocal like quality mm-hmm. in the tone. To where we'll be able to, as humans, make out the words or the syllables or the vowel sounds. So and sing along, perhaps. And sing along. So mm. it won't be 100% obviously a guitar part or 100% obviously a vocal part, but right. a combination of the two. That's what vocoding is. Around the world. Around the world. Right. It's totally a hybrid of two things. Well, I think for this song, I would love this because the for some reason that just it doesn't. The, I haven't gotten the guitar to a point where I'm like, oh, that's what it is. You right. know, this is my favorite part of the bit right here. Let's check it out. I love it.
change in the key change didn't see that coming it's really uh this is a very funky bit it's very natural Sounds like we're just playing it too dry. Yes, hundred percent. Like it feels like we're like missing some like wild violins or something like that. Right. I don't know what it is. Is it is the or, trick or like echo layers? Is that is that what we should be adding in here somehow? Yeah, echo layers. How do you do that? Um, a variety of things. Like for example, on your guitar tone. Mm-hmm. 
Think about if you were the edge from U2 on this song. You'd probably have... At least two delays. At least two delays and probably a harmonizer. It had like a tone that was an octave above it, subtly. Interesting. In the same way that a synthesizer has an oscillator, like a second oscillator that's an octave above. To fatten up the tone. And is that before the delays or after the delays? Does it Uh, matter? It doesn't matter. It probably before. Interesting. I I think I have that pedal. Probably do. I probably do. The the trick with pedals, though, is like getting the perfect dry wet. So for those of you at home that doesn't don't know the difference between dry wet, it's the the ratio of just pure guitar tone versus the affected tone. So how much echo are we hearing versus how much just pure guitar are we hearing? Yes. So and so. You get not enough, and it just feels like plain old guitar. Which is what we're hearing right now. And if you get too much, it's like, "Ah, it's swampy, it's muddy, I can't... All I hear is... So it's... It's all artifacts. Yeah, so it's like making a a great soup. Like, no salt, it's bland. Too much salt, you can't even... You can't even eat it. It doesn't even taste good with with crackers. (laughs) You have to dilute it into 50 other bowls. (laughs) Right, right. Just dilute it. You'll be fine. <laughs> dilute it and throw in more noodles. Just open up like a like one of those square noodle pouches. What do they call those noodles of noodles of pouch? Ramen. Ra- ramen pouch. Right. Right. And then just throw the noodles in the soup and like you just double down. Right. Yeah. And then put the the salt from the pouch in the water too. Totally. Yeah. The water. Don't forget that. Billy. Water. <laughs> I used to I used to eat those things every day <laughs> for weeks on end. Uh, it's such an economical way to survive. Right. Alright, so here's a little blues right here. This is cool, huh? Totally. that Mark's doing he's not playing the bass the whole time he's only playing every other time and now he's in every time he's good at that stuff kind of blues jam i'm always trying to avoid turning it into a funk guitar solo i'm always avoiding in this type of music Uh what 
what you would normally like you'd step into a jam like that it's a funk jam you just play it to the four chord and you loop it around and you go for all those great country licks right but i feel like whenever i do that in the biscuits it just it's not a thing that the band gets jazzed about and so i i'm like you can hear me avoiding it in there right it's kind of interesting well you gotta play to your strengths yeah play so, to the team strengths play to team strengths get everybody rocking on something and then that's usually the weirdest thing and like the weirder it is the more likely it is to go over really positively with the whole band especially uh we should like, all be so lucky <laughs> This is a very lucky thing. Look, we want to thank all of you listeners out there for allowing us to do this. This hey is man. a super fun gig. Totally. <laughs> uh, you know, and here we are diligently at our craft. Diligently. We've been working all day, though. We have yeah. been. We, we have. We accomplished so much today. In and, addition to a bike ride and barbecue. And it's Saturday. And it's Saturday. Most people are just... We're working because we care. We're working for you, folks. For your folks. We're working every day tirelessly to make Tractor Beam the greatest band on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, let me thank for being on the podcast, Mr. Derek Van Scoten. Happy to be here. DVS for short. DVS. For Coach short. Derek. Yep. AKA Cloudcord. That's my artist name. AKA Cloudcord. What's, what's Cloudcord mean? Cloudcord, what does the, the name mean symbolically? Is there some? Is it just some cool shit you threw together? It's some cool shit that I threw together that is that actually sounds like how I sound. I noticed that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a kind of a cloudy and and not like a, a morose way at all. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like chill, like a like you know high up in the clouds kind of. Thing. It's a trip hop. It's a trip hop exactly. It's like a it's like an ambient trip hop. I mean, trip hop. I could do some funky house, but by and large, mm-hmm. I do, you know. And it's based around like live instrumental playing and, you know, organic electronic music is what I like to call it. Right. You know? Right. Instrument based. So when you're on stage, it's just you. Or I have a horn or, section. Or a horn section, right? Yep. So what does the horn section play with you guys? Whatever I tell them to. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, do they have cues? Do they have parts? Do they they, are have, they tied into they specific? They have cues and parts. It's okay. like it's like Duke Ellington with Ableton. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but so Duke Ellington was a composer arranger in the big band era. Mm-hmm. So I I know you know that, but for the crowd, so oh, I know that. Yeah, so he's a classic <laughs> jazz composer that wrote for big bands and stuff like that. And so I like to think of my, myself as like. The Duke Ellington Ableton is what I use to make all my beats. So you're oh interesting. So you're looking at it like you have thirty people or twenty six people doing little parts all mixed together. Yeah, because that's Duke's whole deal was big band, right? Yes. So between Ableton mm-hmm. in my computer and my horn section, that's my big band, and I also get to play guitar with my band. Is there an album? With that on it? Yeah, uh, Cloud Chord Koi Pond was the first record that I did that was with the whole horn section, every song. Really? Yeah, and it was trip-hop, lo-fi hip-hop kind of stuff. So, really, mel- it did really well. I think it's probably at like 20 million spins on Spotify. What? For real? Yeah. That's unbelievable. It did like 13 million in the first year. 
That was 2018. I don't think I have 20 million of everything if you count everything <laughs> together. That's absurd. Probably, probably tickets sold from the beginning of your life till now. Uh, Including Kevisco? I think I just broke 3,000. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's, that's... So what's the name of the album one more time? Koi Pond. Koi Pond. Yeah. I haven't heard that album. I got, I'm it's, gonna... it's, I, I set out to make a meditative trip-hop album. I love that. That's the term koi pond, you know, like meditation pond. That's the album that I need right now. It's like funky and jazzy and relaxing. Dig. Like your your little niece would like it because it has beats and your aunt would like it because she's like, oh, this sounds nice. And then Mm -hmm. your rowdy friends were like, yo, that was sick. The beats were hot. Yeah. You know, snare drums cracking. Are you playing Forest? I want to see you at a secret set in Forest. <laughs> That's what the homies would say. <laughs> <laughs> you have to play the Sherwood Forest at 5 a.m. Bro. Bro. You, you could do that, actually. 100%. 100%. 100%. Right. So folks should keep an eye out for that. We have... Uh, I think we're good. I think we have all of our bits. Yeah. And it's super late. It's- this uh, was enlightening, though. We, I, I really think we touched on some subjects that are gonna, we're gonna have to have another podcast conversation about Follow them. Up. Maybe a seasonal thing. Yeah, just to, I mean, everything is changing so rapidly. We could literally do one of these every two weeks, and it would be like, wow, now listen to this. What right. is this? We could literally do one every time you and I get together and work on your guitar chain. Yes. Well, so real quick, so can. We talk about um, yeah, of why I'm out here. Why are you out here? I thought you were out here to do what we're doing right now, which is podcast about Tractor Beat. But I'm a businessman, so I, I you know, killed two birds with one stone. Okay, so why are you out here? So I was out here to become Ableton certified. Mm-hmm. So now I'm an Ableton certified trainer. But you're clearly overqualified for that job. But it means I'm part of the Ableton Illuminati. Oh, right, the Ableton Illuminati. <laughs> Ableton-Nati. Exactly. So I'm part of a secret culture, which is great for Tractor Beam mm-hmm. because I'm on the inside. That's right, because we use Ableton. Yes. That's everywhere. the technology that that you guys use. And mm-hmm. you use it inside the biscuits, too. Because when you do jams and you're doing guitar synth, that's Ableton. Magner uses Ableton a whole bunch. Anytime you hear Alan hit synthetic sounds seven out of ten also times. Ableton. Yeah, it's like, even when it's it looks like he's hitting a piece of hardware. Somehow mm-hmm. it's going through Ableton. Right. So it's... Why do we choose Ableton for this role why, instead of main stage or Logic or... Because it's the most why flexible... Because it's the most flexible brain. Hmm. You can do the most things with it. So and everyone's I'm not, asking and I'm not paid to, do- to say this. It's yeah. The reason why I went and got certified is because I believe in it so much. Mm. Well, you it, run your whole system on it. Hundred percent. I yeah. produce all my music. I make my albums. I mix and master them. I play live. I coach you guys. Mm-hmm. I give guitar lessons. I can literally teach "Sweet Home Alabama" on Ableton. No, I'm just saying it's not possible. Well, let me give you an example why the feel won't be there. It won't. Well, no, why I would teach it though? Why? Say the licks too fast for somebody. I mm-hmm. could slow it down in Ableton. Say mm-hmm. a girl wants to sing it and it's too low. I could pitch it up. Mm-hmm. Say, I don't know. Maybe so, you can do that in any. Say you want to play it on cello and it's in a weird key. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could switch the key, and you could trigger uh, 
Yeah, if you played it in cello, you could turn it into MIDI and, and play serum with it. Totally. Play dubstep patches. Or we could send in real time. We could send to Steve and Splice, and he yeah. could get us just the vocal line, and then we could vocode <laughs> it. Is the is the changes in music technology? Are we going back to musicians, or are we going to stay in everything that everybody listens to is a mixed and mastered? recorded item it's either diced up or not are we going to move away from musicians because the imperfections or whatever reason why you can't produce it enough or you don't have any control over it where where do you see the music world going right now i see technology as ultimately a good thing um because it's an equalizer it weeds out bad shit just like the internet did. Think if you were a musician in the 80s, mm-hmm. you could be passable and have a career because there was no internet. If you were Joe that lived in Des Moines, like people didn't know about Phil and Phoenix. Mm. Right? Okay. So, um, it's. But a, you knew about, you know, James Brown. You knew you about did. Michael Jackson. You knew about uh, Eddie Money. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoever is the closest genre to this guy. Exactly. But the point is, is that as somebody who, you and I were talking about this earlier, like I'm a big fan of acoustic music too. Mm-hmm. Bela Fleck is actually one of my favorite musicians of all time. Yes. So my roots run Agreed. deep on both sides of the tracks. And so. I used to listen to Bela Fleck's third album religiously. UFO Tofu? Yeah. That's like religiously like i listened to it like every single day for it was in college it was before the biscuits were a band it's like somehow a great jam band album <laughs> it's amazing it's just, just the quality <laughs> of the playing is unbelievable. unbelievable and then bella comes out on top at the end with like the most sterling high end of the song like right. and he'll go double time with his rolls yeah it's just ridiculous it was just ridiculously <laughs> great it was a joy to listen to totally i mean still is a joy to listen to i gotta I gotta check that out now that we're Spotifying, right? Right, right. We just go, yes. So, to, so to answer your and answer your question in mm-hmm. two sentences, yes. Technology is good for musicianship. Mm-hmm. It's good because it's a trans, it's a transparent mirror on how do you really sound. Mm-hmm. You know, and so listening back to your recordings, yeah, auto tune is is a band-aid right mm-hmm. but it can also tell a singer how they will sound if they sing accurately and it will allow them to strive for something same thing with wait a ec- second so auto-tune fixes people singing right yeah the so you could say well that's bad because you can be a shitty singer and mm-hmm. auto-tune can fix it that's what people say but if you use it in a productive way you can say well this is actually how i want the end result to sound so can I actually right. perform? You've loopholed your way into using an auto tuner. Can I? Well, can I? Thus now can I punk. sound as good as, like for example, John Mayer uses very little auto tune. Right. You know? Does he? I have no idea. Yeah, he uses very little. So, but as a singer, you could say, well, let's auto tune my voice, and maybe I practice my ass off to get to the point where I sound as good as the auto tune without the auto tune. Yeah, but why would you? Yeah, I guess so. You want to sound, but like who has time for 
that much practice. I mean, Everybody should. Everyone should, but it's years right there. Well, what do you, What else are you doing? You're just giving Facebook, watching porn, no, checking out Instagram. No. What, what What better thing is there to do than be great at your craft? Well, Netflix. I like Survivor. I like watching Survivor. <laughs> well, think, all right, so if you um, watch Survivor, <laughs> I'm talking about just television shows. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Westworld. Yes, I think it's totally. going to be good. You can have both. No, you can't. You can't watch Westworld and really, and really practice vocals. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely have to pick a lane. Well, we should. So we ask like Bobby McFerrin. Do you watch Westworld? Well, yeah, he does. That's don't worry, be happy. You know, yeah, so. But Don't worry, be happy. You're good. <laughs> You're good, dude. Yes, it is the folks. It is the discussion that has no end. Has no end. Yeah. Is is it better to be great at one thing or good at a bunch of different things? Right. And at what point is being great at one thing? A collection of being good at a bunch of things Ooh, amassed yeah. in a way that creates greatness. Yeah. Or is greatness just a single thing or two that you do? And these are the deep, deep conversations we have on this podcast. Right. And You're not going to hear this anywhere else. And they're both correct answers. Yes. In certain situations. Yes. Right. And it depends on you and your mission in life. And I feel like in Tractor Beam, we've found a situation that is in, right in between the two of them. Huh? Because there are so many skills to at least have some kind of mat, like some kind of ability to pull off regularly that are necessary before you get to the point of mastering it. You have to at least be able to be in the game and function on it. Right. And you're saying you get that out of the mastery, which just makes total sense. All right. Look, folks, we've been here before. You've all heard this. We'll get back to it on another podcast. But for this one, we're going to wrap it up. Cheers. Thanks, Derek. Yep. Really great. And uh, I love talking about all this stuff. Check out Tractor Beam. We're going to put up some we're going to put up some sound clouds, right? Or something like that. Yep. Yeah. We're going to throw some sound clouds up for y'all. And if and if I get my way. By the end of the year, there'll be tractor beam singles. There'll be less than four minutes. All right. All right. That's pure gold, pure gold medal action. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. We're mass communicating. We're mass communicating.